Business Matters in association with the Letterkenny IT Faculty of Business. Looking for a career in financial services? Consider the Level 9 MA in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email execed at lyat.ie today. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guest this week is Brendan Bradish O'Donnell, owner of the Glenthys-based broadcasting and media company Bradish Video Productions. After leaving Glenthys Comprehensive School, Brendan worked in the local McDevitt's factory before embarking on a film production course in Tralee in 1996. In 2000, he set up his own company, and since then he has become a well-known figure at sporting venues throughout the country. As a documentary filmmaker, his work has taken him to Europe and the United States, while he is also enjoying building up a client base in the corporate sector. I first asked Brendan where the name Bradis came from. A lot of people ask me that. When I was younger, I used to let on that it was an Italian thing, <laughs> which it clearly isn't. I'll tell you, it came from national school and everybody had a nickname and everybody from Glenties has a nickname. And I think, as my wife says to me, once you're from Mary Patrick, all you do is talk. If you ask what the time is, you get a story out of it. It's much the same with nicknames, because what we have done is that there was a fellow in the town, actually, where it came from was Joseph McLean, and we used to call him Jofus. And it used to annoy him, so it did all the time. So he then started giving nicknames to every single one of us. And for some reason, he came up with Bradis for me, and it stuck. And that's when I was about seven or eight, so I've, I've had a sense. There's nothing exciting about the nickname. It's just how I had it and how it stuck. Like, And you've incorporated that name into your company? Absolutely, because I think everybody would know me as Bradis, and there's very few people that would call me Brandon, and if they do, it's usually my mother or something, if you've done something wrong when you were when you were a young fella and that, but no, most people know me as that, so I think it kind of suits it to kind of go with that, because it's a bit different as well, there's not too many, there's not too many with that name about as well, like. So, Brendan, what is the backstory to you deciding to set up your own company back in 2000? Um, it's something, Kieran, that I've always done, I probably need to go back further, I would say, than that, um, Ever since I was a Wayne, I think, you know, I'm the youngest of nine nine Wayans, like, so um, probably spoilt a bit as well as me siblings will tell you. Uh, my mother was always interested in photography, and there was always this great thing where she had that she used to, she had a wee box brownie, and she was taking photographs, and every one of us, there's a photograph and there's loads of photographs actually and Michael, my late brother, God rest him he was the oldest in the family and he, like since he was born since he was away and like there's loads and loads and loads of photographs of him and the whole way down to me like and it was amazing at the time because very few people had cameras and plus the fact with money being scarce and that it was very hard to get photographs and that but she used to go down to Dennis Tynan who was a well, very well known photographer from around here a neighbour of your, of your, from where your father's from and he would get portraits and my mother would get portraits done as the family was at it all the time because Michael was the first and carry on down the line then to, but I don't think I was though I always thought it was adopted for long enough because being the youngest I never seen when I'm going to my sisters and brothers houses it was never a portrait of a family that I was in that's just because I was the youngest you know so I'm waffling a wee bit now but the story how I came the interest in was seeing cameras about the house all the time and I still mind to this day my first ever photograph that I ever took it was a sunny spring day and we were walking down my mother collected me from school I was, must have been about four or five at the time and I can still picture the 
the picture because my mother had a, a kind of a checked long coat on her and we're in the park, the, the park in Glenties and she was down where the fountain is and I got the camera and I was about to take a photograph of her and she pointed the fingers, don't take the photograph because it was so scarce, you know, the film at that time. So I took the photograph and it came out great actually and I still have it and that's where my interest came from and to carry that on then it moved on to kind of video I think as well then because in the 1980s Glenties had a, a thing called Glenty's, uh, Glenty's TV, Glenty's Video Club. And what they'd done, it was a pipe TV system. And everybody in the area, in the town area, in the, in the outskirts, had a pipe television where we used to get our um, TV signal from Limavari. So what they would do was, on a Thursday, when video cameras came out, they actually bought, invested in a, in a, in a camcorder. And... They used to have a video club going. What they used to do was go around the town, around the areas, recording um, shows like like football matches and you know say sport events like the Harvest Fair and other festivals and other wee events, tidy towns and things like that. And it was ahead of its time because you live for this as we all did on a Thursday to think you were seeing yourself on the screen, your friends, your family on the screen. It was amazing to see it and. It was a bunch of volunteers that done it, and what they had was in those days it was a camera, and then the cam the it was a video recorder, you know, the big beta recorders, the big massive things, and then you had to use a car battery to power the the lot of them, and you used to have to wheel them about, and they would be doing this, and then they would edit them then and broadcast them from up in Loch and then, and this was where I got my fascination from thinking, this is amazing, like you know that you can actually do your own TV channel from a wee rural place in Ireland where nobody, like it was only RT you had and RT2 and then the English channels like, you know, and literally from there on, that's where I took my fascination with video from. And after you left school, did you go straight into that? Well, before in school, and it was funny, I was chatting to Manus Brennan, my PE teacher there lately, just when we were talking about this, about career guidance I've always wanted to do either photography or, or you know, video TV, and I went to <laughs> our career guidance teacher and I wanted to do a TV course and he says to me there's none of them courses in the country he says have a fag that was the and I didn't even smoke like <laughs> so that was the advice I was given at school so being that way without Google or anything I just assumed this to be right like you know when your teachers was telling you this so I went from the, when I left school then your ritual then was that you went into McDavid's knitwear factory like everybody that left school done that so we were in there for a year or two until it closed and then I got another wee kind of job or two about the place but then that's where I wanted to go on and I, I did kind of find my niche after that What did you do in, in McDavid's? It, it was interesting it wasn't something that you wanted to do but the crack in it was unbelievable because like, it was all nerdy headers that was in the place like it remained every time I think uh, every time I watch Coronation Street and I see the ones in the factory, it reminds me of that. I swear to God, it was the exact same thing. People going into the pub, like, maybe at dinner time and heading back over to work, like, and, you know, the crack then, it was always, it was a real social thing. And you used to go into the pubs and you used to go on outings and go out for nights out with it and a, with a great bunch of people, like. But then, sadly, the factory closed, which was a huge loss to the town. Like, it was 68 jobs that went in the town, like, and it's something that's kind of hasn't really recovered from since job-wise, you know, but once again, and in a way, it's like everything the way your path follows. It got me out of there, and then I moved on then to a thing where 
I met a, a guy in, who worked for FAS actually was a fellow called Francis Byrne from Kilcar who was a huge help to me I have to say in terms of guiding me in the right path and what, what was out there and what you know what, what was going on in that and to cut a long story short then I went in then and done a TV course down in Surrey then so I did you know and it was the best thing that that ever happened to me to be honest with you Talk to me about your time in Kerry Kerry was some crack now in fairness like and I still have some good friends down there and I try and get down as much as I can and uh, Paul Dolan was the guy that ran the course and he was brilliant until this to this day he's still a very good friend of mine and we, we've actually worked together I've been out on a few jobs in America with him so I have as well and um it was it was great. It was a big move in a sense moving down to Surrey for somebody from Donegal, like and they thought it was off my head to go that far down, but I loved it. I never wanted to leave it. And I had such a good relationship with Paul that he used to give me the keys in the building at night and I would go on nearly f- at least four or five nights a week and I'd be in there just editing stuff for you know, just you know, working out things myself outside of the sort of the class hours and going on doing that. And I'll, because I had such a passion for it that I still have about learning and trying to improve myself. And it was just brilliant. And I played a wee bit of football illegally down there as well, too. Ed O'Connor was my name. So I better not say that too much because we won a junior championship down there. But <laughs> I might, they might take it off them again. <laughs> uh, Brendan, 1986, 26 years ago now, uh, I'm sure there's been a huge change in the equipment, for example, that's been used, what you trained in and what you use now? Great question, Kieran. because I always look at people now that's going out, you know, and I was even looking at an app this morning that does editing for you, literally. You just, you can go on your phone just, or any of your apps are onto your iPad, and if you shoot something, you just select the shots that you've taken, hit a button, and all your effects, your your graphics are done for you, your special effects, your swipes and everything, and it's amazing what can be done. When I started out, there was 12 machines that did, that did exactly what one phone now does, like, you know, and it, to make an edit took you about 10 minutes because you had to put your in point, out point, and then you had to go then and re, uh, review it, and it went back and played it, and then if you're happy with it, you had to... The, you hit the button and it actually done the piece for you. It like it's over and back and over and back. And if you made a mistake, you'd literally start from scratch again. Like, but a brilliant learning curve because you realised the importance of editing and how to get it right and how to prep sort of before you go out to do a job and that you know. So, and as I showed you one of the wee cameras I got there recently, Karen as well. Like you know, it's just it's tiny, so it is. Like you know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's literally a steady cam that's not the size of a big box of matches like you know and it's just it's as as good and as bad if you know what I'm saying but it's uh, overall it's 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 great like so as you know especially if you go travelling with stuff you you're not taking big massive cameras like you used to as well you know which is good we're in your studio on Tully Road in Glenties and you mentioned probably the smallest bit of equipment that we're looking at Brendan uh, as somewhat bigger than a pen maybe the width of of a matchbox behind you is uh, one of the cameras that we would see on match day when you're filming uh, GA games yeah that's a different kettle of ice alright now there's a lot a lot more buttons and and wee knobs and And expense and expense too exactly I mean as I can now I have to say the cameras have gone down in price a lot so they have you know what I mean but it's lenses then there's on top of as well like you know I mean some of the lenses you could pay Jesus some of them we use actually say if we're out doing a family working as a freelancer on a on an outside broadcast like you know you have lenses it could be a couple of hundred thousand 
you know, plowing or whatever, like that you're you're looking at whatever from that. Now, I I obviously don't own them, so I don't, you know what I mean. But there's so many different levels of of, of equipment. You know what I mean. You can go down to very cheap, like which still do an amazing job. But a lot of the time, no, Karen, it's down to what the operator does as well too. Like you know, no matter how good the equipment is, like as I always tell people, if you are shooting something out of focus, no matter how magic the equipment is at the minute. If it's out of focus, it's going to be out of focus no matter what. Other things, if it's underexposed or, you know, overexposed, you can tweak that in post-production. But generally, you still need to, you still need to be focused on it, you know. Brendan, you have covered multiple sports and multiple events during the years. But I suppose locally, you're you're best known first and foremost for being the man behind the camera on Big Match Day, be it McCool Park, O'Donnell Park or anywhere around the country. Tell our listeners a wee bit about the, that job. It's, it's, it's very interesting. I would be passionate about my sport. Like, I love Gaelic and soccer. Sometimes you make it slap for saying soccer and that, but I played, I would have played a wee bit and I played basketball and played Gaelic and that, not at a high level, as I always say, the line might had a lot to do with that, so it had, you know. <laughs> but, um, it's, it's, um, it's, it's an interesting thing. It was, I think it was in two, I'm almost doing it 20 years now for Donegal GA and it happened that it was doing, we won our first ever senior league, senior trophy was in 2002 against St. Junins actually that day, Kieran. And I videoed the game. It, was one of, it wasn't my first game but it was my first sort of final done. And Charlie had on from Kilcar, Charlie was either the secretary or treasurer at the time and Charlie asked me would I carry on and do say other finals then you know and do Donegal games and it kind of grew from that like and I owe Charlie for that because he took the took the punt on me for, for doing that you know what I'm saying like and that has carried on from doing Donegal games now to doing national games now like you know international soccer matches and you know League of Ireland Irish League and all the GA matches and that you know as well like and it's uh, to be totally honest here and I love it because you're in, going into the best of stadiums, you're meeting the best of people and great crews that you're working with and great companies you work with and you're watching a sport that you love, like, you know what I mean, that you're getting, you're getting the best seat. Fair enough, you're working on it, but you're still experiencing the atmosphere and getting to meet great people, as I say, like, and it's, it's, it's a fascinating thing, like, but you also have rain driving into you and we also have the case of all the geniuses that seem to tell us every so often to wipe the lenses you know what I mean like which is as great as you know Karen. you've worked on it yourself and you know people say to us why don't they wipe the lens like if we're doing an outside broadcast and there's games four or five lenses if the rain is going directly into your lens you wipe it when the director tells you and you do that but rain still goes back in again you know what I'm saying like, and, and it's, we're lucky with facilities in this country but at the same time for filming games there's certain criteria for health and safety and if you're in a stand you're covered that's fine but if you're in a in an uncovered area and the wind and the rain is going into your lens there's very little you can do and we can only do our best and believe me the directors and everybody else do that and it can be annoying of course but it's just it's one of the the hazards of, of life and nothing we can do it could we get soaked as well too like you know so we can't we can't change that unfortunately in ireland have you a favorite venue in ireland i would probably this may sound mad like but i uh, crow park definitely and Windsor park as well too because there's such modern stadiums like and everything about it I mean I am fascinated by by football pitches the way they can look after the grass like you know and I always get chatting to groundsmen about it because they, the way they use lights and under soil heating to make the grass grow you know what I mean like and a few weeks ago it was in Crow Park and there was no grass on the pitch on the Friday 
and here we landed in on Sunday and there's a pitch just laid down like a carpet and the boys were cutting the grass even before the, the games as well. Like there was four lawnmowers going out doing it. And to see that going on, you're, you're privy to that, which is a, you know, we're kind of blessed to see those, those kind of things. And it's the same, as I said, from Crow Park to Wonder Park. But O'Donnell Park is another, and McCool Park, to be honest with you. And of course, I can't forget Davy Brennan out the back here as well, because I'm just literally out the back of Davy Brennan and Glenties, you know, so. Places like that, you know, they're they're special. I think you know, the GA is, is a huge part of, of your life and has been a huge part of your family's life as well, Brian. Absolutely, my father, my late father, God rest him. He was he held a, a numerous posts in the club. Like he didn't play football himself, but he he was an officer in several positions and that. And every one of the boys, there's five boys in the in the family, and every one of us played. And uh, Michael, God rest him, would have played county minor and county under twenty one, and. He uh, would have played. I think he made a good trials, and him and Desi, Desi got trials with the county seniors. But he didn't. He was self-employed at the time when interest rates were high in the in the in the in the country at the time. Like so, he had a kind of mind that he was married with a young family, and that so he had a kind of mind everything that was going on there. And then De- uh, Daffy, as we call him, John. He was in the eighty-two um, All Ireland winning squad, so he was, you know. And then there was Jared, then and myself. <laughs> As I said, the limelight has a lot to do with us, Kieran. <laughs> In terms of us not fulfilling whatever potential we might have had. You mentioned your late brother Michael, who passed away on the on the first of May last year, Brendan. Um, he was a huge part of your life and your family's life. And again, not to dwell on the point, but he was a huge figure in Donegal GA as well. He was, Kieran. He was a big influence. You know, it's funny. Him, as I said earlier, him being the oldest and me being the youngest, you know, you don't realise influence that he had in your life until you get older yourself, like, because my, I have a huge interest in music. I don't play anything, but I have a massive interest in music and a, a totally eclectic mix. And it's all down to Michael because when I was away and I used to go to all the matches with him and I'd be sitting in and he would have all this music, Clifford T. Ward and Gordon Lightfoot and, you know, a lot of ones people mightn't have heard or whatever, but I still love them to this day and that's totally down to Michael's so what is, you know, and then being a photographer as well, I've seen him develop photographs and the amazing way that, you know, you get a piece of paper and you get chemicals and next thing you have an image on it, you know, that would have fascinated me too and he would have been a great influence and he's a huge loss and... He's he's best known for being a sports photographer, which he absolutely loved. Like, and he done weddings, which he absolutely hated. <laughs> Not nothing against the people, but the job itself, because he wanted action and he wanted to be in what he loved. He loved playing, he loved watching, and it was ironic last week as well too. And I must give a mention to Michael Duddy too. God rest him, because Michael Duddy and our Michael were best mates. Like, and poor Michael passed just there a while back, and it's such a shame because it was ironic on the day that. The McCool's Club and the County Board and, you know, uh, Scooby, Jared McHugh and Evan Logan. And I'm um, hoping not forgetting anybody here and Christopher Doherty and the McCool's Club, as I said, and County Board, John McEnough. What they've done for Michael, they put a lovely photograph up of him with a lovely wee mention. And he's in now beside his good friend, Seamus McGeady, who is another gentleman. And the two of them are in the press box now. And on the same day, Michael Doherty was getting the minute silence as well. So it's funny the way life can can turn around, you know what I mean? But no, Michael, Michael's a huge loss and it kind of hasn't even had his yet, even though it's coming up to the first anniversary very soon, like, you know, but it's life, Kieran, and you have to take the knocks just, you know what I mean, and enjoy what you had because, you know, it's funny, when he got sick, I got to know Michael better in those four years than I ever did because 
I would have taken him to the matches when he was when he was you know not fit to drive whatever like you know when you found out so much more about him and we'd meet up every so often as well to away from football and that you know and it, it's not that I didn't know him but I just got to know him better because our paths were crossing a lot more if you get me you know what I mean like you know being the oldest and the youngest and when you're younger you don't you think you don't have that much in common or whatever and plus you're going off different paths you know what I mean different friends and that but he was a great brother as we was and he he was like a father figure when when our own father died as well too you know and that's it and he's a huge loss to, to every one of us in the family you know to Bernie and the girls and to my mother and that and all the brothers and sisters and that you know and our in-laws and that too but we have to move on Kieran, and just enjoy the good times we had with him like you know I take it by the way you talk about him um, that Michael was probably the biggest influence on your career and on your business life he, he was he was along with with me father too and me mother like you know as I said it took me complete interest from it from me mother I have to say without a doubt and then with me father who was a great businessman and if he hadn't so many of us I think he'd been far better off every way you know I think but um, he was the greatest man because when I bought me first camcorder he then seen was fairly handy at it and he says you know what you'll do he says go away now he says I'll help you if you want to buy a bigger camera and a bigger setup whatever what year was that can you remember it was 1994 Kieran that was it was kind of late, late enough kind of coming in well not late but it was um, it's where it took me whole interest or sort of where I just decided to go on, on that kind of path like you know and go at it right and would that have been seen as a, a big investment back then absolutely Kieran it would have been like because there was very there was a few people doing it doing weddings and that and of course I started off doing weddings and that and a few friends weddings and you know it wasn't the path I wanted to go down but I enjoyed it at the time but my father was a huge you know he seen he always said always work at what you love he says try and always do the job that you love and I am blessed to say that I do that I wouldn't even call it a job I don't like I, I get excited about doing a job no matter what it is it might be tedious at times and you may have to wait around and all that like but I love it and I have to thank my father for that and my mother and of course Michael as well too like you know and as I pre-mentioned earlier on you know there was another uh, Francis Byrne but also a guy in Danny Boyle in the town you know who used to be chairman of our GA club and that Danny was a was a good help to me as well in terms of encouragement and certain things too you know you mentioned uh, your first photograph taken as a four or five year old do you can you recall your first video or your first film that you shot it was the harvest fair that was it I'd done a few wee things around the house just when you get the camera you would, I would have filmed my mother and my father and, and some of the brothers and sisters I would say probably after the limit <laughs> a recording a recording thing here Kieran but um, that would be not the first kind of main thing I'd done was and I, I kind of got it for the Harvest Fair and I got that interest from going back to the Glanty's Video Club because that was the first programme we'd seen on it and it was the Harvest Fair like and you've seen all your schoolmates you know from Glanty's and ours and everything you know from the comp and seeing them out there you know and the ones in the NASA school and as I said seeing yourself this was amazing to think that the Harvest Fair would actually be on TV if you get me uh, was it for, for posterity at that particular time Brendan or were you aware that it was going to be maybe in years to come that the work you were doing was going to be maybe seen as being more valuable then than at the time yeah I think so Kieran. as I was telling you earlier on I was just actually going through some hard drives of footage that I had um, that I have I should say that I was looking at or whatever and the one thing I think it's from going back to the Glendies Video Club again and even you know my, my uh, mother's photographs I realised the importance at an early age how how vital and how historical 
those recordings and photos are, you know, of people that have gone and passed, like, you know. And there we'll take a break. Business Matters, in association with the Letterkenny IT Faculty of Business. Looking for a career in financial services? Consider the Level 9 MA in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email execed at lyit.ie today. You're welcome back. Before the break... Brad has talked about the importance of having a proper archive of his work. A hero of mine was Jimmy Campbell. God rest him, he only died there just about two months ago. I think Jimmy was a great character, a fiddle player, but a great storyteller and a good friend. And, you know, I have lots of recordings of him and of lots of other wee things, you know, stories that have got off him. And when I done it and I said it to Jimmy not being morbid but I want to get a bit of history from you because he had such a great story to tell and I have that and that's vital even if it's never seen I just want to have it so somebody has it if you get me the family have it I'll be giving it to the family as well but those things like and even a thing that was in Glenty's when that I think it still goes on actually because I'll be away working on the Sunday from it but the Corpus Christi procession was a great way of gathering all the people together in terms of I used to set the camera up and let them walk past it. So you actually had a record of nearly everybody in the parish. You know, and I would still do that, Kieran, with Harvest Fairs whenever I'm at home. I would still try and record as many people as I can because they're characters and the characters can't be replaced a lot of the time. And when you see that and say, look at this person. And it's funny, the first time I'd done my first video was with great neighbours that we had in our Patrick Lake. And it was Mary Malloy and... May and Annie and John Goddard and sadly they're all and made Annie Devaney, sorry, they're all deceased. But anybody that's seen the video that I got that night would just uh, you talk about characters, like everybody came in, had a fair few whiskies in, got more whiskies in, and I just record them singing and dancing <coughs> and telling yarns and I swear to God, hey, it's probably one of the most precious videos that I've ever had and one of the funniest ever. And even if people didn't know them and seen it, they would laugh their heads off. That's how important it is. And I think, no disrespect to photographs, they can tell a story, but you can't hear it. And that's what the video does like, and I think that's it's amazing to have people's voices on it when they're gone. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of wee things that I still just have that I like to record for people coming behind us as well, you know? Yeah. You mentioned that gathering uh, that you spoke about so fondly. You also mentioned the Harvest Fair, your, your first real um, recording. Have you got those uh, stored in an archive system? I have, Kieran. I've, I've put the old, what I recorded would have been on old tapes, you know, say um, mini DV tapes and DV cams and VHS tapes, even like that far. So I would have them on DVD, but what I must do now is put more onto, onto, onto hard drives or whatever, like, you know, and even probably in the cloud is, hope, is what I'm hoping to do. At least then they're forever there because DVDs and hard drives eventually will give up as well and I don't want that like because of a lot of stuff that I wouldn't I would hit to ever lose you know what I mean like so I'd probably look at the iCloud maybe you know just to put a lot more into it Can you talk to me a wee bit about the equipment uh, around this year and your studio at the moment brothers? Well just as where I would do most of my editing is it's on an iMac Kieran, and it's, it's on um as I said, from when I started out first to where it is now, like I literally just take the footage in from just on a small card, transfer it on onto an external hard drive, and just edit it almost instantaneously. You know what I mean? And you just you can do that. And with now with with having good broadband, like as well too. Like if I if I do a single camera game, 
I can just if, if I'm not doing it on a live view which is a thing you can send back to the studio or back to base wherever that may be what I do then is I we transfer it down on broadband literally just on you know on computer just we transfer it down to wherever they could say you should be in Amazon down in Waterford or whatever like you know and, or TGKR that's where it goes you just send that down to them and that's that's it done if you get me you know what I mean which is amazing it's an amazing change because before this you would have had to you would have had to drive maybe to leave the footage somewhere because you couldn't there was no other way of sending it like so it's technology is amazing now You've mentioned uh, you're involved in sport. I know you've worked on numerous documentaries as well, Brendan. Uh, any one documentary stand out above any others? To be honest, Karen, a lot of them were great because I got to... I think probably... I would say possibly one might stand out in the sense that we got to go out with John Hume out to Strasbourg, out to the European Parliament, and... We kind of got to know John then as well too, like because we were working with him in Derry a few times, and we were out at his house, out, out with Pat as well, like and so hospitable, like you know, and su- such a great man. As I always said, when John Hume was alive, I don't think people realise how important he was to the peace process. He might have been sort of overlooked a lot of the times, even to this day, in that sense. But he was an amazing man. He was very tuned in and very savvy. You know what I mean? And very. He, he was tough because he had to be like you know because he was getting threats daily like and he had told me a lot of things that had gone on you know that he was putting his life at risk he genuinely was like in that but when we made the documentary we were out in Strasbourg almost a week with him and he used to take us out for dinner every night but there was one night he took us to a bar and he sang the town of love so well and I have to say that was a special moment we didn't film it which was a shame because there was no I don't think we had we had iPhones at that stage but it was an amazing experience to see that so that kind of stood out but I've been lucky enough as I said then I got got over to Washington as well with the Bogside Artists as well because we'd done actually I'd done two programmes on them one in Washington and then one on RTE about about the actual murals that they had in you know and were mainly about Bloody Sunday and that you know so a few, a few ones were TG Cahar in that as well too which were funny like you know there was one in particular there um, and Cowboy Jerenuk which was a brilliant thing about a load of cowboys in Castle Derg that made a movie in the 60s and came back then in, the, in 2011 and made the follow up to it like and they were all old men so that was a <laughs> that was an interesting thing in itself yeah I'm just looking here we have a couple of newspaper clippings one is dated the October the, the 12th 2011 Glenty's man helps shoot the last Western in Ireland and the other one is Glenty's filmmaker returns from Washington so uh, good times tell us a bit about those trips they were, they were brilliant Kieran like, it's like anything at all see when you when you're filming as I said like I love filming and I get excited about it but then when you get to go to another country it's even better like you know because you're getting to see another part of the world like you know and it can also work out as a holiday as well too like you know because we've gone on a few with um, Nemeton as well out Titley and that as well which we hope we'll get back again after Covid but those those two in particular they were they were brilliant because it was one was done in a kind of a one was a documentary in the terms of telling the story what happened was that somebody from East Belfast and then the Bogside Arts from Derry they built a sort of a wee house in the mall in Washington and they had a draw mural one from each side like the East Belfast lads obviously were Protestant and then the Bogside Arts has been Catholic they had to draw sort of a peace mural on each thing so we would just follow their progress for I think it was about 10 days we'd done that which was was very interesting but the cowboy one was it was so funny it was brilliant because like, the lads were old men and 
they were trying to get up on horses, which <laughs> wasn't as easy to do when they done it when they were in their twenties or thirties. Like, and it was just it was it was shot actually outside of Ballyshannon. There was a, somebody has a kind of got a wee stables and bar kind of a western kind of sort of I say like almost like a small movie set so we shot a lot of it there and we recreated that and um, Cyril Kelly actually was a director on it and he done a fantastic job in that so we did you know we started from Oma and it was it was just fascinating like to see it that was me sort of first kind of uh, drama sort of part of it you know what I mean and it was, it was brilliant I have to say you mentioned COVID there Brendan how impacting was COVID on your business it was like everybody here and you know everything kind of just stopped you know what I mean like you know the sport and that went on and that that was good like you know but I think live streaming came into its own then as well too and I sort of went in to do a bit of that and sort of invested in a wee bit of equipment to, to kind of come and do that then. So Was that worthwhile? It was, Kieran. Like, I mean, it's not that you're going to be flat out with it. You're never going to be that flat out all the time. You were busier sort of maybe doing COVID, but we weren't, you know, it's like this thing. Everybody thinks, you know, if you work on TV that you're worth a fortune. Believe me, you're not. You know what I mean? Unless you're working seven days a week in it. But the live streaming was a brilliant way to get people away from home and people at home actually that couldn't go to games to get there the the one problem that a lot of people obviously had was broadba- broadband connections as you know Kieran you've worked on, with me on these like if you don't have good broadband there's no magic in the world that will get you to where you are you know to get to see the pictures or the images because of this like you know and I know a lot of people give out about it but it wasn't down to anybody's fault it was the broadband and that you know but the majority of the time we did get the games out like you know and then there were suppliers that supply it as well in terms of when the picture is sent there can be issues in that side as well and it was all teething but I think in Donegal we've got it well sorted now because the broadband facilities in Letterkenny are excellent they're excellent in Balbafay now they've upgraded them this last few months and well done to the lads for doing that and I know Kelly Beggs have got them as well too and I think there's one other play, Convoy actually as well so they're, they're four venues that you know that are going to be excellent places in the future if, if, if it goes that way you know so I think for his time here and it worked well you know what I'm saying and I think it's still a great facility to have for people to do that you know what I mean to go out and you know should it be a an awards thing or should it be council meetings or whatever like you know you can do that now and it's it's opened up a whole new world I think and the equipment's getting better as I said but it's all down to the infrastructure of your broadband if you don't have a signal there's nothing you can do about it you know you can't go there really as such and just going back to, this, to the streaming you're providing a, a very valuable service at a very important time well that's the thing Kieran. and I think you know people were dependent on you that's what it was because nobody could move you know what I mean like and you know for people just to watch you know their local club like you know and I have to take massive hats off to the likes of you know John McEnough and Ed Byrne and, and Mick McGran and Alan Boyd and the lads because they took a gamble on that you know and they, they done that and then what they tried to do you know was try and cover all the all the, the you know from the the junior intermediate and senior football in Harland you know, they weren't leaving anybody out, you know what I mean? And they were encouraging clubs themselves to do it, should it be on an iPhone or whatever, just to let the people see it. And I think it actually helped people through COVID, so it didn't. I, don't, I think if it wasn't, God, like, sport was the only thing that, that you know, you know that, that actually was going on at the time, like, you know. Uh, you made a short film uh, about the early months of COVID. 
uh, Brendan, and it featured well-known faces from Donegal. I did, Kieran. I just it was during it was just kind of at the start of it, and we didn't know how long this was going to go on. But everything started shutting down, and I just took it on myself. Like I didn't, I didn't do it for, for any company or anything at all. I'd done it more for a, an historical thing. Like it just like it wasn't a paid job. It was just a case of this as unique times and I want to just record it and have it for posterity like and it's it's still up on my website or whatever but I went round all Donegal like you know when I got I got the likes of Jimmy Stafford and I got the the bishop I got um yeah, so get actually, I'm just trying to think. I got Brian Brian McDermott, the chef, you know, when I got Mick McGrath and I got um Aiden from Van Harps, you know, and I tried to cover all of all of the things, you know, all of the place the should it be the business or whatever was affected by it, you know what I mean? Like and it was interesting when you see it, like, you know, when you look back on it now and it was like ghost towns everywhere. You know, I got actually got the guards one time to take me on a on a spin on around a few towns because you couldn't drive outside the five K but we got special dispensation for this and we done that and you're just driving through towns but not there wasn't even cars in the main street and you were thinking there's like Armageddon and you didn't know was there a way out of it but thank God we seem to be we seem to be out of it now mainly anyway hopefully tell me Brennan what is the best lesson you've learned since setting up your own business very good question Kieran. it's just I think the one thing is don't be when you're a freelancer in particular you can't turn around and say that you're you know I think it's great that some business people can turn around and say I'm going to make X amount of money and this is my target and it's going up 10% or 20% whatever like that I couldn't do that. First of all, I'm not great at maths. But apart from that, I'd, you know, as a freelancer, you don't know where your next job's coming from. That's scary and exciting at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm one of these people that I'd, I'd, I like actually not knowing, if you know what I'm saying, because you get a you get a call wherever, and next thing, can you do this job or can you do that job? That's great, actually. because It's part of the buzz, Brenda, isn't it? 100%, Kieran. 100%. You get a buzz, and it's the same thing with the likes of a live game or whatever. When you're on and you know you're that people are depending on you to get their images back, like, and you get this buzz, like, it's, 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 you're scared, but you're totally excited about it. And that's the same thing about living in it, because when I did work in the factory when I was a young fella, it wasn't for me anyway, to be honest with you, because you're structured and you're kind of like a caged animal. I just like to have that wee bit of freedom that you can get around the country or get out of the country or you can just get meeting. You are a bit of a free spirit. Uh, <laughs> I've been told that, Karen. to be fair. Like, I just, I'm one of these people who just kind of try and be happy as, as much as I can and I like meeting people. And as my wife, Yvonne, always says to me, it's an Art Patrick thing. Because, as I referred to earlier on, when you ask, she'd be laughing at me now saying this, because when you ask a question, you get it, It's as you can hear from this whole conversation, I do go on a wee bit, so I, do, I, don't, I don't get to the point too much, but that's kind of, because I like chatting to people just, you know, and that's, and I like moving about. Yeah. Just looking at uh, some of your footage and some of your videos in preparation for our chat uh, tonight, Paris, the one thing that struck me, you're very happy out and about and maybe capturing the, the breathtaking and spectacular beauty of Donegal. I do love that, Kieran. I'll be honest with you, I got a great wee job in the summer for a few days. It was two days, actually. We went round the islands, around Arnmore, Gola and Torrey. And I have to say, it was just glorious weather, and I had the drone out, and I was catching, we went out in the ferries out to it, like, you know, and I swear to God, for anybody that hasn't been on Donegal Islands, go to them, because they're just, you think you were actually in the Bahamas, or you would, the colour of the ocean, 
the people on it are amazing. They're great people. So they are in great crack, like, you know. And just to see that part of Donegal, and it's like anything, when it's in your doorstep, you sometimes don't go to it. You know what I mean? Thinking, ah, it's just too much hassle. It's not hassle. The ferries are going every half hour, like, and you're seeing... It's, it's an amazing place. Like, there's one place in, in Ironmore, and I'm not great with names on it, but as you kind of drive up to it and kind of look out onto it and you're looking over towards Burton Port and Errigal and all that I swear to God Kieran, it's just it's it's amazing the scenery around here like no matter even even in the bad weather Donegal looks stunning and that's why I love filming it as much as I can like you know just to have it to see it and you're just you literally can't take a bad shot you mentioned the drone uh, Brendan uh, how important has the invasion of the drone been to people like yourself it's, it's massive Kieran, because there's two things in it that can get you when you're doing a thing where, where you're getting cutaways when you're looking for fitters say for a conversation or for a documentary or for whatever it is to be fit to get this aerial view of a town or of an area or of absolute wonderful beauty like it's just it, it's such an amazing thing that you could only get before with a helicopter that would cost obviously the hire of a helicopter and a camera person to do that and to take them out all around the place it's just opened up a whole new lease of life and you're looking at things now and people are discovering things like even archaeologists are finding things now from the sky that they actually see that there's a ring for it or something that's been buried in the ground but obviously the shape of it's still there and it's just opened up a whole new world to everybody and it's just it's an amazing tool like you know for what it is like and as I said, I would like to see how advanced the likes of NASA have their drones because that's kind of where a lot of the technology would come from. And as I said, we're only being zip-fed it, so God knows what's ahead of us now, like in terms of technology. What advice would you give your 21-year-old self? I should have started it earlier, Kieran. I think that's be honest with you. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of things in it. I think it's like anything in life. I think if you've got manners, I think if you listen... I think if you take advice and don't take it as, you know, abuse, if you know what I mean, some people can deliver it in a way to you that say say something to you that you may think, geez, they're a bit aggressive. They're not. If somebody's in their game and they know what they're saying, listen to them. I would always say listen to people that know what they're talking about. Don't ever think that you know everything, because believe me, I don't. And I'm learning all the time, so we am, all the time. from. And there's a lot of good people that I work with are teaching me things all the time as well too and we all try and help each other but that's that's what definitely to me it's, it's the greatest way because I think if you come in with a smile on your face I think it's a great way of disarming somebody as well too and getting to know somebody and like if you see some, somebody coming a big with a big happy head and I'm like you know yourself you're halfway there sit away so you are you know and that's that's a lot to do with it I think, I think being trying to be as positive as you can and but I think it comes from loving what you do as well though are you following your childhood dream job, doing what you're doing now? A hundred percent, Kieran. Oh, I mean, if you, if you said to me now, like, there's, you would get a million pound a year working as an electrician or something. God loves the houses. If I was wearing them, but no, I wouldn't even take it. Definitely not. No, because believe me, I, I when I used when I went in for it, I worked in a place in Channel Nine in Derry. I worked for ten months for nothing. I actually done that, so did, and I wouldn't swap that either under no circumstances because we learn so much in there with great people and still great friends like you know that they would have to this day like you know the likes of Felix Haley and that who worked with us and a friend that I just met walking down O'Connell State there a few weeks ago Qua Daniels as well too just a good friend of mine hadn't seen him in a few years but we've been in touch just met him just like that picked up where we left off like you know and things like that and that's a good that's another great thing in, in this game as well you meet great people you you've, know you've met some big names Ben. 
I have met I've met a few Kieran I've been very lucky in that sense you know and it's not you don't have you mentioned you don't want to be sounding like kind of big head or whatever like you know but I have I've, I've met a lot of people and I'll tell you with musicians to meet people and I nearly have to I nearly forget at times like but we interviewed the Beach Boys before so we did like you know Brian Wilson Brian and they were they were gentlemen so they were like where was that been? that was actually in Derry's what it was met them there you know and you know there's another great and I was a huge Thin Lizzy fan of my day and Phil Linnitz especially and I always admired his mother and she had a book out and I actually met her and had a brilliant conversation with her one one night up in Dublin and she was an absolute lady a lovely lovely woman like and I was that was a massive thrill for me to be honest and then you know you would meet like Daniel's another in terms Daniel O'Donnell in terms of of people that you meet Daniel may be famous but he's just so down to earth and such a great person so he is you know and it's a thing in Donegal that we were blessed to have have him in that, you know what I mean, like, but as I said then, you know, I met another great man, Paddy Crairn, we're over in Manchester, following a good friend of mine, Rod Hogg, a magician, who's a absolute genius, if anybody ever wants to see real magic, check out one of his shows around the place, but we were over filming in Old Trafford, and we met Paddy, and I'd have done a gold jersey for him, because his mother was Gidor and Timmy Boyle, and that's that's the, the lineage that he's in. But Paddy was a gentleman, and the minute I had a Donegal jersey, he was chatting away, and I mentioned I'd just seen Moya Rua got rest her before that, and made a wee conversation. I said, Moya Rua was asking for you. So he was mad mad to chat about everything Donegal then, too. So, no, you, you do get to meet a lot of musicians, as I said, and to the music and that, like, you know, so you get to meet a lot of the well-known heads and that too like and you kind of get to know them as well and it's great to see them at their craft as well tell me Brendan is there one piece of footage that you're most proud of oh Jesus that's a good one Karen. I've actually I, I, I actually I couldn't answer that I think there's been some I've been in some amazing places and some you know filmed in, in great places and that but in terms of footage you know the stuff that mightn't get broadcast mightn't be I think uh, to be genuinely honest I would say probably the best footage I have is of family and friends that I just recorded for myself just to have an historical thing and I, re- and I refer back to our neighbours who were like family to us like they were unbelievable characters you just loved seeing them and I think that's I think that's you know when you like footage of of, of our Michael and my father and as I said, my neighbours and friends, and I have to mention, you know, Mark McGuinness as well too. Like, you know, of some great footage of Mark as well too. God rest him, you know. And that's precious. I mean, that's. I think, to be honest, Kieran, when I think of it, that's probably what I would say would be my best, most precious footage because it means so much to to me. Like, you know, on a personal level, I think that's probably what it would be. To be honest, you know. And finally, Bradis, what does the future hold for yourself and your business? Another good question, Karen. Hopefully, hopefully, plenty. Like you know, um, I hope like I'm still you know out doing doing the sport and all that. But I'm not just tied to that. Like I would like it's a thing that even though a lot of people know me on a personal level, a lot of things that I, I, I do corporate work. Or I've got more corporate work this last you know few months, whatever. It's something I would try and like to break into a bit more. You know, around Donegal, Derry, and that as well too. You know, f- for that, you know, but. It's, it's it's getting it's just kind of getting in there and see a lot of people think I just do sport I just I do more than sport as well too like I mean as I say I have a camera will travel like you know but I'm blessed in the sense too that like my wife Yvonne is very understanding that I'm away at cert, you know at, at weekends or whatever and all that and she's she's been brilliant so she has she's very understanding like and you know 
you wouldn't be fit to manage without her as well because she keeps me straight as well too like and that you know and always looking out for me and helping me and she always gives good advice as well too like so I have to give a wee special mention to her too in that you know Brendan Barris O'Donnell, thanks for taking the time this evening to talk to us on Business Matters. A pleasure, Kieran. Thanks, man. Well, that's our lot for this edition of Business Matters. I'd like to thank my guest, Brendan Barris O'Donnell. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound, and thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters, in association with the Letterkenny IT Faculty of Business. Looking for a career in financial services? Consider the Level 9 MA in Governance, Compliance and Data Protection. Take the next step in your career and contact the Exec Ed Coordinator on 9186206 or email execed at lyat.ie today.